Okay, hello, and welcome to my podcast, Tweet All About It. I don't have, like, an intro slogan yet, and so I wasn't sure, like, how to start this off. I was like, should I be like a hi? Should I be like a hello? Um, should I be like a girls who say hi versus girls who, girls who say bruh? Um, <laughs> but anyways, I wanted to start this off by giving a shout out to Jack or Zach or Matt I don't know, those are all names that sounds like somebody who would create the Twitter app, but just shout out to that person um, because I've been on this app for like 10 years and I spent a good majority of my formative years using Twitter, just tweeting out um, and seeing who, I don't want to say vibes with it, but you know, since I've been on that app, like that's what comes to mind, but seeing who likes it, who interacts with it, um, yeah, it's just been, it's been fun, Twitter, like, yeah. Ew, I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, but I started off using Twitter um, first because of Warped Tour, RIP Warped Tour, um, some of my favorite moments in life. Um, but I wanted to go to Warped Tour so badly this first year, um, and I ended up not being able to go because my parents told me I was too young, and I was so sad because I tried to prepare so much to go to this warp Tour. But yeah, anyways, the point of this... Warp Tour is that um, I made a list on Twitter. I don't know if you guys know lists because they're not super popular on like regular Twitter, but they're really popular on Stan Twitter. And it's basically you can choose people that you want to be in this list and you can name it. And then when you check the list, it'll just be like a specialized timeline of tweets from just those people. And so I made a list of all the bands I wanted to see at Warp Tour, all the pit reporters, Kevin Lyman, like the founder, but I ended up not being able to go. And that is the only list I have on my account um, as a homage to the year of Warp Tour that I didn't get to go to. <laughs> I will ever forgive my parents, slowly but surely, maybe not. <laughs> But anyways, today I made um, Thai tea, whipped Thai tea for the third time, and I was unsuccessful yet again. But I mean, it tastes really good because it's just like a disproportionate amount of sugar and cream mixed in with a very small amount of liquid. So of course it's going to be good, like no matter the format. Um, But, and then it reminded me of that meme, because since I kept failing, I was like, oh, I guess I'm not depressed. And it reminded me because of that meme with adam from parks and rec and it's like do you think a depressed person can make this and it's been like the whipped coffee that everybody's been making shopped onto like i don't know whatever he made like some action figure i can't remember from the episode um and okay wait so i tweeted out like since i failed making it guess that means i'm not depressed but if he's saying do you think a depressed person can make this does that mean he's saying like he's not depressed because he succeeded So since I failed, that means I am depressed, which then negates everything I tweeted. But nobody called me out on it, and thank you guys for being nice about it. But now I might go delete that tweet because I think I interpreted this incorrectly, but it was still funny. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so we can talk about, like, my Twitter journey. Just so, because that's, like, obviously the podcast is called Tweet All About It, and why would I name it something about Twitter? We gotta talk about why it's important. Um... So I've been on Twitter for like over 10 years now, and I don't know how the internet has not fried my brain yet. Maybe it has, maybe that's the way I, why I am the way I am, 
but I like to think that the internet has given me much more than it has taken away from me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love Twitter because I can just tweet out. It's just like my thoughts and I can tweet it out and like anyone at any time, anywhere can find my tweet and they can interact with it. Like they can like it and make me feel less crazy. But then it's also like if nobody interacts with your tweet, maybe that means you are crazy. But either way, it's like affirmation in some format, which is all we want in life, right? Affirmation. <laughs> yeah, but I've been using Twitter for a long time, and it started off as like a group of friends and I, we just like tweet, like, just finished homework, gonna go practice clarinet, or like, just finished practice my clarinet, gonna go watch Family Guy, then go to sleep, or something like that, just so dumb. But we had each other's tweet notifications on, and it was so cute, because then we'd see each other at school and like talk about our tweets, or only the like it felt safe because it was like almost like a group text because they were so twitter was like not popular this is when people were still joining facebook and like still kind of getting off of myspace and stuff like that so twitter it was still like not like the millions of people that are on it now um but yeah i loved it and then i would just kind of like start tweet like funny stuff i see throughout my day but then i've noticed like this year i've been tweeting so much and it's gotten to the point where my sister follows me and she's been like ryan you tweet so much every time i go on twitter it's just you and she muted me right which by the way y'all what's worse like being muted or being unfollowed or being like soft blocked because like if you're muted you may not know you're muted and the person still follows you so it's like you you're like okay yeah maybe they like what i'm saying but then if they unfollow you, at least you know, like at least it's the truth, right? You know that they were like, mm, no more of this, like it, mm, not for me, right? But I don't know, what's worse or like what's better? Which would you rather have? Oh, would you rather, okay, put a finger down. <laughs> I'm just kidding y'all. That's from TikTok, which I had to stop using that because that was actually like frying my brain. Um, but yeah, and I love Twitter because it's just like, ideas and thoughts and i think it's the best way to kind of spread ideas um because there's tumblr too which is kind of like ideas and photos but tumblr when i use it it's just so deep you know i feel like i have to decompress for like two three days after after it because it's just so like emotionally draining <laughs> and requires thoughts <laughs> that twitter doesn't require like twitter can be deep but it's like quick you know it's just like quick straight to the point and like kind of funny which makes it easier to process whereas sometimes tumblr i'd be like okay like let's like take a moment like let me get some tea and let me really think about this um and like uh, yeah but y'all know if you've used them you know the difference um but yeah i just love love twitter and um i was tweeting so much i was like jokingly i was like should i just start a podcast <laughs> and it got like very little interaction but you know i just wanted to do it so here we are <laughs> starting a podcast tweet all about it but anyways so i'm talking about how twitter was part of my formative years and I love it because it's like my diary it's like not like a diary but I, I guess maybe more of like a journal and I feel like it's kind of morbid kind of crazy 
but like when I'm gone it's like this will still be on the earth if the servers last if Jack or Matt or Zach um, <laughs> keep the servers going but yeah and it also I don't know it's kind of like weird but it reminds me of that episode of Black Mirror too like where they upload your consciousness into like a fake you that they've created um, but that's like a story for another day um yeah so when I was thinking of my formative years I was thinking of this book called are you there god it's me Margaret and it's I don't know if it's really popular these days I've never really heard any but like my sisters don't talk about the book but it was like the first thing I read that wasn't a Junie B Jones or like series of unfortunate events you know Captain Underpants like a book that actually had at, like could be applicable to my life and what I was about to go through before it gets into that typical young adult like the nerd takes off her glasses and she's a bombshell or the bad boy likes the nerd you know and stuff like that or like the John Green books where it's like this boy's unattainable and unrealistic and just like fake that he's come up with in his mind um version of this girl is shattered in the end and then that's just how the book really ends um so this book is like I guess I'll explain a bit of it it's like this 12 year old or 11 I don't know she's about to start middle school um girl named Margaret and it's literally just like the her her life you know dealing with friendship dealing with puberty dealing with changing schools and like what's cool and boys and just I don't know like middle school is kind of when life starts to get a little little spice to a little flavor like it's like okay this is I'm not just like a kid who wants to play tag anymore like there are other layers to this um but yeah so I just loved this book and there are two things about this book I love. I love how it talks about boobs, and I love how it talks about choosing your religion um, despite what your parents may want you to do. And I know saying the boobs, it sounds maybe a little bit like, silly, but if you really think about it, like, boobs kind of run the world. Um, and again, I know that sounds silly, but just think about it. Like, just take, like, five seconds, like... Okay, now that you've thought about it, uh, maybe you agree, maybe you don't agree, but I'm just gonna keep, <laughs> I'm just gonna keep going. Um, yes, so I'm gonna take it back to like fourth grade, which is when we first, you know, start talking about puberty in life. And they get all the girls in the school, like the fourth grade girls, and we go into this room, and we watch this video about puberty, and it's like, just around the corner, that's the theme song, and I remember we used to all just sing that to each other. Um, and they told us, like, oh, don't tell the boys, like, what you're gonna go do, like, tell them it's, like, a video about this, like, don't tell them it's about puberty, because the boys didn't get their video until fifth grade, since boys, you know, mature later than girls do. Um, but then they were all, in the, in the meeting, they were like, okay, girls, you may want to start, like, getting your first training bras and stuff like that, and I remember one of the reasons was because they didn't want boys to notice like when we started wearing bras that we actually needed they were like yeah just start wearing the training bras that way boys won't notice and they won't like make fun of you and they won't come and like snap the back of your bra um in the hallway and like looking back on that now I'm just sitting here thinking like why is such an important part that's like my body changing me as a woman is still being dictated by the male gaze which you know at the time I didn't think of that at the time I was just like oh yeah of course I don't want boys having my bra like down the hall like of course I don't want to be embarrassed like that but 
looking back now, I'm like, hold up, wait a minute, that's, like, not cool, um, but yeah, so, like, boobs are one part, a huge part of, um, puberty for girls, and another one is periods, but, like, nobody is, like, excited about periods, you know, who wants to bleed for a week and be in pain and have to worry if they bled through, like, their favorite white skirt, you know, like, who, who wants to go through that, but boobs are exciting, you know, boobs, when you're a girl, like, a young girl, you think of it, it's, like, this, like, status symbol of entering into womanhood, (laughs) like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if I'm the only one who thought that, but it just seems like, you know, I remember my grandma was so excited, and she would call me, asking, oh, did you get your first training bra yet, and all this stuff, you know, like, not in a creepy way, but just in a grandma way, and I think boobs are something that people of all gender pay attention to, like, it's not just about the people who have them but all people pay attention to them um and you know boobs are like people pay to see them people pay to make them bigger people pay to make them smaller and people pay um to get them removed completely to fit the identity that they feel inside and and then you know people getting them reduced because of health issues that affect their life and i think like we don't realize that maybe people do realize but maybe it's just me realizing late that I don't know just boobs you know okay (laughs) I don't want to say that word anymore (laughs) um but anyways so back to the book I checked this out you know from like my local library and since I'm not like the I'm since I am the oldest sibling I didn't have anybody like to tell me about life so I had to get it from books you know and the internet wasn't really around that much like in this capacity so I read this book and I just felt like my life had changed like this was like my older sister passing on this knowledge to me I don't know um yeah so this book um there's like a particular scene I don't know if you want to call it a scene or passage with uh yeah scene passage whatever we want to call it where um, the, these four girls in this friendship group, they meet up, and they're called the four PTs, meaning the four preteen sensations, and I think that that name is just so cute, but anyways, it's like this group of four girls, and there are four rules for this club, okay? So the rules are, when you get your first period, you have to let all the other girls know, everybody has to get a bra, like a training bra or up, um, they have this, like, boy book, where I guess they not I guess but like in the book they write like they're the top boy of the week in the school like the cutest boy whoever they have a crush on it was always the same boy every week so they kind of like stopped doing that and then the fourth rule with my girl Margaret coming in with the practicality she was like okay we just need to pick a time to meet every day okay like just simple she was like I don't really care about all that other girl stuff but like we I mean I guess she did care about it but you know she was like let's just pick a meeting time (laughs) Um, so they have, like, their first sleepover after they've all gotten their first bras, and this is where, this is my audition for, um, audiobook actress, so I'm gonna read, like, this passage from the book, and so she goes, Gretchen goes, what size did you get, Janie? And Janie says, I got a grow bra, (laughs) and Margaret's like, me too, and Gretchen's like, yeah, me too, and then here comes Nancy, okay, show off Nancy, and she's like, not me. Mine's a 32 AA, which, okay, for all of the people who 
you're not familiar, basically Nancy's like, I didn't get a training bra. I actually have a cup size and you little babies over there <laughs> stick with your grow bra. Okay? And then they're like, oh my gosh, we were all impressed. And <laughs> here comes Nancy and she's like, if you ever want to get out of those baby bras, you have to exercise. And so Gretchen goes, what kind of exercise? And this right here, like, as a girl, I feel like from such a young age, you're told so much, like, if you want to do, if you want to have good posture, you need to do this. If you want to have your boobs this, and you want to do this, and all those Cosmo magazines. Like, I just remember seeing all those tips about stuff when I was probably too young to be seeing, like, in the grocery store line. And you're told, like, you're how you should just be changing your body all the time instead of just kind of, like, accepting it and letting your body do what your body wants to do i'm not talking about like being unhealthy and overeating and not exercising but i just mean like from i feel like from a young age we're just so hyper aware of how our body looks and then how we can just change it and not necessarily in a better way but just how to change how you look um from how you currently look and not really like understanding why and we're just not just taking the time to just accept that this is who we are you know okay sorry for the little rant right there but then back to this exercise that nancy's come up with and nancy goes like this she made fists bent her arms at the elbow and moved them back and forth sticking her chest way out she said i must i must i must increase my bust and then they all join in and so they're all doing this little like exercise little like i don't know pull the bar kind of thing they're like we must we must we must increase our bust and i remember doing this when i was young like in bed i'd be like okay if i want my boobs to grow i have to do this exercise and then nancy in the book she's like okay do that 35 35 times a day and i promise you'll see results right and i just think it's funny like in this book, obviously, this book is making fun of, like, these things that we are told to do to change our bodies. But at the time, I didn't realize that because I was just trying to experience this boob phenomena that I was like, oh my gosh, my boobs are going to grow. I'm going to be a woman. This is so exciting. Oh my goodness. Yes. My naive, my, my naive preteen self, you know. <laughs> but then, like, fast forward to the present day and obviously it didn't work. And there were times, like, maybe when I was 15, I felt, like, cheated out of this boob phenomena because I do not have, like, triple DHGFs, you know? And I remember being, like, kind of underwhelmed with this experience coming into womanhood. Um, again, because, like, periods just suck. Like, that's not exciting. Maybe for some people because, you know, they can have kids. Like, that's amazing. But, like, actually going through puberty or actually going through puberty periods. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it just sucks um which is not fun it's just yeah it's just not fun at all um but I don't know just kind of like looking back on that now that I've gotten past this stage and even more so and being like just thinking about my formative years and what I expected out of puberty and like my body changes and thinking now like how I've come to accept my body and be happy with my body and I know people can you know play, pay for surgery to kind of change it and to make them happier but I feel as though for girls we're just not even given a chance to to appreciate the bodies that we're given because there's just so much thrown at us about this is how we should look and then you know there are people who who change their bodies via surgery 
and then you know they finally feel happy so it kind of exasperates the cycle so young girls see this and they're like oh okay if I change this I'll be happy you know and maybe they are happy maybe you know that's good for them like their self-confidence has gone up and all this stuff but and I'm not um against getting a surgery unless it becomes like you know harmful or, or obsessive um but I just feel like we're not given a chance to just be ourselves even with makeup like makeup is thrown at us at young ages and yeah that's just something I wish we had more of and it's kind of come you know with like the body positivity movement and I know the the main body positivity movement is more so focused on people of the heavier side and I think that side is like um people of the heavier side being more accepted by the public eye and then another I don't want to say another way but included or branched in that is body positivity of like intrinsic accepting and loving of who you are and just how you're made and I just think that's important to like take a pause and realize okay I'm not matching up to these world expectations or even your own internal expectations and that being not necessarily okay but just like eradicated like because when I say okay I feel like that means that there's like a standard that you're still supposed to be reaching like you've met those requirements like it's okay okay um but yeah just being just being us and I don't know I don't know if y'all get what I'm saying maybe I'll this podcast will allow me to become better at articulating my thoughts greater than um however many characters we have now on Twitter um yeah but I think a lot of growing up is taking the time to think about everything like both implicitly explicitly you know like something like we're aware of conscious that we're aware of or unconscious um thoughts and ideas that are pushed onto us while we're growing up and then taking the time to decide what we're actually going to keep living by and like how what we've been taught has affected us and how we will continue to either allow it to affect us going forward or how we will no longer allow that to affect us and by affect us i mean how you think but also how you act um and so i don't know i just think it's really important while you're growing up to think like do i actually agree with what you're saying or am i just taking it in and acting on it you know because I think a lot of people do that you know when you choose your religion when you choose politics sometimes even when you choose a whole career path like what you study in school could not necessarily be because it's what you wholeheartedly want to do but it's what you think you should do and so because you think you should do it it kind of becomes what you want to do and that's another aspect of the book that I loved because Margaret's parents let her choose religion they give her the time to explore christianity they give her the time to explore judaism and allow her to kind of i don't want to say struggle with what she wanted to choose but allow her to just explore spirituality and explore what she believes fits what she wants or what like outcomes or aspects she wants to include into her life and I feel like that's something that we should obviously like as a parent or as an older person you want to guide your child into what you believe is right but I feel like this kind of comes with a lot of people later on having to take that time and like go to therapy and be like hold up like 
because of this, I've done so much stuff that I don't even think I enjoyed or I even agree with. And then they have to wrestle with all of these like life choices that they've made to get them to where they are and being like, um, actually, that's not me. And I think that kind of causes a whole identity issue um, that people will have to deal with later. And then it maybe leads to them not really feeling super accepted. Okay, that's like me rambling on into more psychology of everything. But I don't know, from this, like, I realized that, what is it? Boobs, capitalism, politics, and religion run the world. And if you don't agree with me, that's okay. But just take like five more seconds to think about it. Okay. Thank you for taking those five seconds to think about it. But yeah, that was my podcast, episode one. Whenever I have more thoughts I just want to, like, talk about, I'll make another episode. I'm thinking, I don't know what I want to do next, actually. I have a list of things, but, you know, I'm very much, like, a feeling person. And I'll be like, okay, I want to do this now, and then I'll do it then. And that's how life goes for me. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much if you follow me and subject yourself to my tweets. I hope you're not just subjecting yourself to them, but you enjoy them. And please call me out if I ever tweet something dumb, like not understanding this depression meme. Or maybe I did and I'm just second guessing myself like I always do. But yeah, thanks. And I hope this didn't just waste your time. (laughs)